In this episode, I talk about the most recent happenings in Doctor Who, and also new music from Paramore, Manchester Orchestra, Metallica, Feist, and The Hold Steady. It's either going to be a long one or a very short one. We'll see how it goes. I'm your host, Derek Brink, and you are listening to Empty Checking. Checkmates, checkmates, checkmates. Hello. Hope you're doing okay. Missed you last week. Uh, Unless you get the uploads, like you get alerts to uploads on whatever app you use. Uh, Then you got me for a few minutes. Anyway, just to tell you that I wouldn't be with you last week. If you don't subscribe to the show on a podcasting app, you probably should, because some stuff gets uploaded that I don't bother posting on on the blog or telling people about it. Just kind of... It's usually just me saying, hey, sorry, there's not an episode this week, or something to that effect, but, you know, you're missing out on a little bit of content if you're not subscribed somewhere. Uh, Maybe I should just do the promos for the websites now, since I'm already on it. Uh, If you like the show, there is a companion blog, which apparently doesn't tell you near as much as it should, based on what I just said. Uh, But there's a companion blog with extra information and photos and stuff like that over at emptychecking.blogspot.com. The show itself is hosted at emptychecking.podbean.com. It's available on all of the major apps. If it's not on the one that you would prefer, please let me know, and I will get it there. The odds are it was there, and somebody changed their rules, and I didn't know it. But if it's not there, uh, then how do you even know that? How are you hearing this right now? Tell me that, too. I'd be interested in that, statistically, anyway. If you want to know more about me and my musical career, go over to DerekBrink.com. Lots of stuff to click on there. Speaking of my musical career, if you like the music that you hear throughout the show, including the theme song, which is called Bite the Habanero, you can download it all for absolutely free over at DerekBrink.Bandcamp.com. All you do is enter zero as your purchase price, and you can have it. I don't collect your email address, so I won't even know that you took it. I would just love it if... You loved it. Uh, also, you can email me at uh, db, those are my initials, db at Um I feel like I was going to say more about uh, about the Bandcamp page. Something popped into my head and then it went away. That's just kind of how it's been lately. I've been real tired, folks. I've been a little, I've been, I've been stretched a little thin, we'll say that. And, you know, I've also got the bad knee that I talked about in the sort of upload in the, uh, to the apps last week and whatnot. Uh, for those of you who didn't hear that, that aren't subscribed to that, uh, I just, it, I, somehow or another hurt, like, the back of my leg, my right leg, kind of in the knee area, uh, and by somehow, I mean I was in a meeting at work, and I crossed my legs, and I felt something like, kind of go wrong in the back of my leg. Not like a pop or a snap or anything, but, like, definitely pulled something, uh, at least, and maybe something worse. Uh, don't know. Uh, not seeing a doctor. Doesn't feel like a doctor thing, even though it's uncomfortable. 
It's better than it was last week, but it's still not good. It still doesn't feel right, and it feels a little bit uh, weak, I guess. Uh, so yeah, that's why there was no new episode last week. I just I couldn't imagine sitting on a stool at my counter, which is where I do these things, and and doing that because that would have put weird strains on my leg, which it is doing uh, now, but it's not as bad as it would have been last week. So you know. Whatever, uh, I, my, my leg hurts, <laughs> or not even really hurts, it's just not, it's, it's uncomfortable right now, and my balance is a little bit off. My balance is always a little bit off, I have terrible balance, but, uh, right now it's particularly bad. I've been walking with a cane on and off. Uh, I, I, there are times where I don't because I just don't want to have the hassle of the cane, it feels like one thing too many, you know, but... I, uh, I probably should more often. I might be a little bit better off right now if I did. That's, uh, that's what's been going on with me. Got, uh, got stuff wrong with me, and I'm tired, and, uh, I think I'd be tired anyway, but sort of, I, I did a dumb thing, like, a week ago, in that I stayed up really late watching a Columbo marathon, because I love the show Columbo. I can't believe I haven't talked about Columbo more on the show, if I have it all. I love Columbo. Uh, we're not going to talk about that right now. It's just relevant to the story, that you know that. I stayed up late watching a Columbo marathon, which I've seen all of the Columbos. Really, all I have to do is, you know, see a frame from it and go, oh, it's this one, and, like, I've relived that episode in my mind, but I, I you know, I've, I've been watching Columbo. Uh, so, yeah, I, I stayed up late watching that, and it was one of those things where it was, like, a Sunday night, or maybe a Monday night, whatever it was, and I realized it was a little bit late, and it was on TV, like, on, uh, I think the Sundance channel, something like that, and, uh, I started watching it, and I thought, oh, this is a good episode, I'm gonna just watch to the end of this episode, and then I'll go to bed. And, you know, next thing you know, it's three in the morning, and I've got, I've got to go to work, and I just, I, you know, it's just garbage the next day, and, and, uh, hi, McGuire. I don't know if you guys can hear that meowing, McGuire meowing at me. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I, I watched Columbo, and got really tired the next day, and I've just never really recovered from that. I think I probably would have worn out eventually, anyway, because I've just been doing too much, and... Spending too much energy, even when I haven't been doing a lot, I've been using a lot of energy. That's hard to explain without going into detail. That might get me in trouble, uh, so I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. But I've been, I've been uh, wearing down easily here lately, and that's, you know, that is what it is. Oh, I remembered another thing I was gonna say. It was about my leg. Uh, I wish that uh, you could. Just have a problem with your leg, and people will go, Oh, hey, did you hurt your leg? And you go, Yeah, I hurt my leg by crossing my legs while sitting. And they go, Oh, well, yeah, I guess it's, I guess we're that age, huh? Because once that starts happening to you, you're the same age as everyone that that could possibly happen to. I wish you could just have the experience of, Oh, hey, you're walking with a cane. What'd you do to your leg? And you'd tell them, and it's over. But that's not how it works. Because you have something wrong with your leg, and you tell the person what happened, and they go, "Do, do you think it it might be uh uh, uh was it the the uh, DVT, the the, uh, the the deep vein thrombosis, the DVT? You think it might be that where you get a blood clot in your leg, and it's like it's bad news because that, that 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 can that can throw a clot into your lung and it'll kill you. You think it might be that, and you just kind of go, well, I 
fucking do now, thanks, you know, and, <laughs> and you kind of have to, you know, like, and, and what that is, is that person knows somebody or is a person who had DVT, so they're just asking, you know, oh, hey, I'm aware of this thing, do you think it's that? And no, I don't think it's that, I think I pulled something in my leg and it hurts, and because I keep walking on it and keep doing stupid stuff and keep sitting in stupid positions it's just not getting better at the rate that it would have in my 20s you know because i'm 42 but i don't think it's dvt except now i kind of do because someone said it to me and scared me and that's dumb because it doesn't hurt in the right place to be dvt you know <laughs> like i don't know why People won't just let you have the problem that you have. It has to be the worst thing that they can think of. Oh, do you have a... No, you're, you hurt your leg. Do you, do you think you have that thing that House had? You're going to have to go on Vicodin for the rest of your life? Do, do you think you're House now? Look, there are worse things to be than than House. I like that character and that show. Uh, have all of that on Blu-ray. Maybe we'll talk about that one day. But uh, maybe we already have. I don't know. Hard to say. I've done a lot of these shows. Uh, no, I don't think it's that. I think I hurt my leg. Just leave me alone, you know? I don't know. I, I wish you could just simply have a problem, and that's the only problem you have. But that's, that's just not how anybody in your life wants it to work. But hey, we're here. We're doing the show. My leg doesn't feel great, but it's still on me. And we're doing the show, and we're gonna get through this. <laughs> that's encouraging to the listener. We're going to get through this, man. It'll be okay. We'll get through this episode. Uh, we're we're going to get through this episode. Uh, and I think we'll have some fun when we come out on the other side because we got cool stuff to talk about. We've got adorable cats running around meowing at us. McGuire's been meowing in the background consistently. I don't think in a way that you can hear it, probably. But if you do... Uh, yeah, I'm being a bad cat dad, and I'm talking to you instead of petting my boys. Sorry, boys. Love you, boys. You're the best boys. Two best boys. Okay, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna get into the show here, I guess. We already did all the website ID and all that stuff, uh, I guess. I guess we're there. I guess we're, we're to the point now where I should play some music and come back into this thing. I don't really like when I talk about the fact that I'm going to be playing music. I like to just sort of fade out what I'm saying and fade in the music, and that's just fine, and, like, it's no big deal. It just sort of happened that way. It seems more professional to do it that way. But it seems like any time that I take a little bit of time off from this thing, I have to verbally, like, say what I'm going to do next just to remind myself of how the show works. So... We're going to play some music, and then we're going to come back and talk about Doctor Who. In summary of the last several times we did this, I've been a little upset and nervous, but I think things are looking up. A lot of stuff happened, and it's pretty hard to summarize. Had a lot to accept, and a lot I had to realize. Long story short, I've remembered what I liked about love. Cause walking around with joy in your heart is something I have a much bigger than you might expect pile of Blu-rays sitting here in front of me. And that is because we're going to talk about Doctor Who. 
And my one, like, major complaint about the last run of Doctor Who is their home media releases are just, just a mess. Because it was three seasons, and to pick up all, all the episodes in those three seasons, I have six Blu-rays here in my hand. Because uh, they didn't, like, they released the specials as standalone home media releases rather than lumping them into a, a Blu-ray set like they normally have in the past with the last few Doctors of the recent run. That's frustrating. But otherwise, I've really enjoyed the Jodie Whittaker era of Doctor Who, her run as Doctor Who. Because, uh, uh, I, 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 I think, you know, I think when, when that, that first season, the first Doctor Who season with Jodie Whittaker in it came out, what was that, season 11, I think I was critical of it because, not because of the performances, but because of the writing. I didn't think the writing held up very well. Uh, but I thought the performances were still strong, and I had confidence in Jodie Whittaker, because she's great. And the next season, and the season after that, the specials after that, proved me right. Because the performances were outstanding, there was a major shift in how the shows were written and constructed, and it got way, way better and way more fulfilling. And uh, I ended up having a, a good time with it. Jodie Whittaker has reached the end of her run as the Doctor. And uh, I want to talk about that a little bit, because that's a big deal Anytime you move on from one Doctor to the next one, or move backwards, as the case may be. Uh, there's, uh, th it, there's some debriefing necessary. <laughs> now, this, ain't, this, uh, this isn't exactly my first rodeo with the Doctor. Uh, I, I started watching Doctor Who as a kid when I was homesick. I think I might have had the chicken pox. And it was a Tom Baker episode on Channel 9, our PBS affiliate here. Uh, because even though I think by the time I should have been, like, of age to watch Doctor Who or understand that I was watching Doctor Who, I think the Doctor was actually the fifth Doctor, but they showed the fourth Doctor episodes forever. And <laughs> so I, I go back to Tom Baker. I go back to the fourth Doctor as far as I'm concerned. I've seen something from all of the Doctors. I've seen uh, not quite everything of the you know prior era, era, but everything of the New Who era, the Eccleson and onward. I've seen all of that. And I've seen most of the Tom Baker era that's available. I've seen uh, most of the... Uh, uh, I can't believe uh, Peter Davidson. I think the Fifth Doctor is that his name? I, I just I'm blanking, guys. I'm really tired, folks. I should say you're not all guys. Uh, I'm I'm really tired, and <laughs> I don't remember anybody's name right now. But I, I'm I'm well versed in the stories of the Doctor. Let's just let's just leave it at that. I'm very familiar, and you do get attached to whatever Doctor you're watching at whatever time that you're watching them. And then you reach that story where the Doctor is fatally wounded and has to regenerate into his or her or her or their new form. And it, it's a, a roller coaster of emotions. I'm just assuming that everybody out there basically knows the premise of Doctor Who. That it's more or less an alien who appears to be a human. They're actually from the planet Gallifrey, who is a Time Lord, which basically means they help to right the wrongs of, of time or help to set history into the right time uh, experience that it should be having, that kind of thing. Uh, 
Uh, sometimes, you know, they change things from being bad to being better. Sometimes they sadly have to realize, oh, this you know, Pompeii has to happen or else history is irrevoc irrevocable, irrevocably damaged. You know, it has to happen for time to continue working properly, you know. Sometimes they have to move things into place in a bad way. Sometimes they have to move things into place in a good way, but it's ultimately always the right way is sort of the concept. Uh, the Doctor is, at least as of now, as far as we're concerned, more or less the last survivor of Gallifrey, the last survivor of the Time War. They've shifted around that story so much, I'm not even sure that that's true anymore, but <laughs> the Doctor is the... The the representative we have here protecting Earth, basically, and making sure Earth's history unfolds as it's supposed to, in order to protect time as a general rule. And the Doctor eventually ages, or gets wounded, or whatever, and dies, and a new Doctor takes their place. But it's the same, it's the same life, they've just regenerated into a new body and into a new form with a new mind and a new rule set, but they retain all of their own history. This basically allows actors to quit or be fired and the show to go on. It's a devilishly clever invention for, for you know, it's a sci-fi show. You can get away with that. <laughs> so that's, that's the very brief, very loose notes on Doctor Who. And a lot of the times it's sort of your monster of the week type story. You know, if there's a problem pops up, the Doctor solves it. You know, it's in an episode, that's that that happens a lot, but most of the time since the restart, it's been sort of long story arcs. In fact, the last season that we got was sort of a long story arc that then dovetailed into a couple of specials. It's uh, you're rewarded as a viewer for being a long time viewer. You get references to old stuff. You get fulfillment of old plot lines, sometimes even decades old plot lines will pop back up and you'll get a, a nice little sort of nod and a nice sort of little little bow tied around something that happened decades ago, years before people who now watch it even started watching it. You know, like, it, 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 it's a show that does very well with fan service, sometimes to the chagrin of the fans. Because uh, some people hate that kind of thing. <laughs> or hate that, like, oh, you've rewritten history, like, you retrofitted that, and blah, 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 blah. Just enjoy the show, man. Like, the episode that you liked and that you had a deep emotional attachment to still exists. Even though they changed the outcome of it in a later episode for story purposes. Like, the the broken heart that you had when such and such thing happened. Like, that heart was still broken, that moment still happened, you still lived that. There's just a new story coming out of it now. It's a little bit like life that way. Just, you know, there's not really a whole lot of regenerating that happens to most of us. Uh, so yeah, Doctor Who. Uh, <laughs> that was a very Eddie Izzard moment there. So yeah, uh, Doctor Who. <laughs> uh, Jodie Whittaker has been our current Doctor. First female Doctor. And she knocked it out of the park. Even though the first season was rough, it got really, really good. The final season uh, had a six-episode arc called Flux that was a lot of fun and, you know, deeply, easy to get deeply invested in, and that sort of led us into three specials called Eve of the Daleks, uh, The Legend of the Sea Devils, and The Power of the Doctor. Those are the three specials that led into uh, Jody's exit from the show. Um, 
Flux was fine. Uh, of the two specials before the final one, I really liked Eve of the Daleks. That was a lot of fun. It was a New Year's Eve story where everybody kept dying and had to figure out a way not to. That was a lot of fun. I really liked that story. Legend of the Sea Devils was fine, but nothing special as far as I was concerned. Let's just take all that as read and talk about The Power of the Doctor. The Power of the Doctor is the regeneration story. It's the story where Jody gives up the mantle of the Doctor, and it gets handed down to someone else. Massive fucking spoilers coming, if you haven't seen it. Look at the time index on whatever you're listening to this on. Massive fucking spoilers coming, alright? I've told you. I've told you. <laughs> Don't. I, and look, if, you're, if, if you've been spoiled by stuff up to now and anything I said up to this point, it's minimal. It's just stuff that you expect of Doctor Who. I'm, I'm about to talk about the regeneration story. Massive spoilers. It's said. It's out there. It's your fault if you're spoiled from this point on. You can skip ahead if it means that much to you. But you know what? This episode is months old, and I kind of feel like those of us who wanted to see it have seen it by now. I'm actually late having seen it. I saw it just uh, about two weeks ago, I think, because I, I got behind, because I got rid of cable, and it was hard to kind of figure out how to catch up, but I, I got caught up. But uh, uh, yeah, massive spoilers coming. If you had wanted to see it, you would have seen it by now. I think we, I think we're on the same page here, all right? Uh, the episode itself was uh, okay. The scenery around it blew my mind. Because uh, <laughs> the, the, the basics of it is the Master has returned and is fucking around with history. The Master is, has taken on the guise of Rasputin. The Master, by the way, is the Doctor's oldest nemesis. Uh, he's taken on the image of Rasputin and is just fucking with time. With the goal of... Capturing the Doctor and forcing the Doctor to regenerate in a way that merges their two consciousnesses. Consciousnesses? Consciousnesses. Coxnosages. They're going to both merge into the same body. That's uh, what I'm trying to say. Uh, that's, that's the basic plot of it. It's a master story. Those are always pretty good. Uh, it involves the Daleks. It involves the Cybermen. It involves... So much more than that, we get a little bit of everything. We get stuff that I would not have imagined getting. In the opening parts of it, there's a woman who's investigating paintings that are being defaced, and they're being defaced with the Master's face. They are literally being defaced, and the Master's face is being put into them. And the second that she was on screen, I went, what... She's really familiar. Who is that? I've seen her. Like, I've seen her in the context of Doctor Who. I, I, it's not coming to me, but who is that? And you slowly, well, you slowly at first and then very suddenly realize, oh my god, that's Ace. Ace was a companion to the, what, seventh Doctor? Sylvester McCoy? I've, my order is sometimes messed up, but Sylvester McCoy, I think, was the seventh Doctor. She was his companion in the 80s and hasn't been seen on the show for 30 years, and we figure out that it's Ace because she's having a conversation with Tegan, 
who was the <laughs> companion to the fifth Doctor and hadn't been on the show in 40 years. That's the kind of fan service this fucking show does. I Ace walked onto screen and blew my fucking mind, and then there was Tegan blowing it farther. I don't love how that sentence came out, but it is what happened. My mind was blown farther by Tegan. Uh, I, I flipped the fuck out seeing the two of them. That was awesome. Just made me really, really happy. And then you get cameos of a bunch of the past Doctors. You didn't get uh, your Tom Baker. We got Tom Baker at the 50th anniversary. That was enough for me. That made me really happy. Uh, but we get the we get the fifth Doctor. We get, I think, the sixth, seventh, and eighth Doctor. Am I missing one? Even we, we get somebody playing the first Doctor, the guy who did the documentary. I forget his real name, but uh, the guy who has shown up in the show as the first Doctor in recent iterations was there as well. You get to see a bunch of the previous Doctors. And that was a lot of fun, too. And then at the very end of it, jumping way ahead to the very end, a bunch of the old companions are meeting together. And you get to see... There's a moment where a guy just sort of pops in and asks a question of what they've just said because they referred to the Doctor as, as she. And he says, pardon me, did you say she... And he's got a name tag on, and it says Ian. And those of us who are fucking crazy about this, like me, realize, oh my god, that's Ian. He was a companion to the first Doctor, and it's the same actor. They got an actor back who hadn't been in the show in 56 years, I think, just to do a one-off cameo to play. I, I think he set a record for longest time between appearances as a character by doing that just blew my fucking mind. Doctor Who does fan service like nobody else. The episode itself, like I said, was fine. It was fulfilling. It was, you know, absolutely fine. It was weird that after the doc the after the master captured the doctor and merged their two consciousnesses that's that doesn't feel like a word. But after he merged the two of them together into one body, uh, you know, the, the master's walking around with all the doctor's knowledge, starts dressing in different, uh, pieces of clothing that we identify with the different doctors and whatnot. It's, it's, you know, cute and funny, kinda. Uh, eventually, his plans are thwarted, the doctor gets unmerged from the master, and we kinda go away to solve the problems that the master's put in place. Fine, great, groovy, whatever. After they unmerged the doctor from the master... They just left the master sitting there. They didn't do anything at all. Like, they didn't, they didn't even address, like, oh, he's unconscious, he'll be fine there until we can come back and deal with him. N not even a throwaway line like that. They just sort of left him there and, I guess, wanted us to think he was dead? I don't know. They just wanted us to forget about him in that moment, which I noticed. I was like, well, they didn't... They in no way dealt with the Master. They just left. So he's clearly going to come back at the end, and he's going to be the reason that the Doctor has to regenerate. Which is exactly what happened. Uh, like <laughs> The thing that I kind of jotted down, because I knew I'd be talking about this, was weird that they just left the Master sitting there and didn't, you know, kill him? Or imprison him? Or anything? <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, that, that took me out of it a little bit. 
But ultimately, it was a good story, and it was a master story, and the master came back and shot the doctor with a thing, and the doctor had to regenerate and, and, you know, go all tingly and sparkly and turn into a new doctor. And that was where we got to see our beloved 10th doctor, David Tennant, again. Because right at the very end, the doctor starts to regenerate, and we see the doctor regenerate into his previous form as Dr. Ten, as David Tennant. And he's just standing there, figuring it out, doing his classic, what? 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 You know, to end the show, which was a lot of fun, and, you know, I want to see what they do with it. I was distracted by the fact that his wardrobe changed, that the Doctor's wardrobe, like, that normally doesn't happen. Normally the regeneration does not change the outfit that the Doctor is wearing, just the just the body. It was distracting to see that David Tennant's suit and shoes and tie and stuff all all regenerated along with the skin. That was confusing, because that had also just previously not happened in the episode <laughs> with the Master and the Doctor. I know I'm picking at nits. I know I'm coming across as one of those fans. But, like, it, it just happened in the show. And then they, you know, did a new regeneration and... For some reason, the clothes changed for the first time ever. And that just, that took me out of it again. But at the same time, if we're going to bring David Tennant back, I, I, I wanted to see him in his suit and in, in his trench coat and in, and in his Chuck Taylors. I, I, I get it. I, I'd have done it too if I were writing it. I would have just said, you know, we're, it doesn't matter. It's, it's magical, you know, sci-fi, space-time nonsense Let's put him in the fucking suit, you know? And just people will accept that we put him in the suit. And yeah, okay. It bothered me, it distracted me, and I absolutely would have done it too if I were in the writer's shoes. So, uh, very fulfilling in that way. Um, I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun getting caught up on my Doctor Who and getting into the new regeneration or the old... Uh, previous generation, whatever. I don't know how they're going to handle that exactly. I think a series of three specials comes out at the end of this year, and then we get you know a, a, a real new Doctor. And they've announced who it is. I'm unfamiliar with him, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm often unfamiliar with the Doctor when, I, when they're first announced. I think we've got some real fun coming up with the transition into a new Doctor again. I think I, I had a lot of fun with this era as it happened in this era closing out, and I, I, I'm very much looking forward to the future of the franchise. Uh, a lot of people were unfairly critical to this era of Doctor Who because, oh, they cast it as a woman because they're just trying to, you know, they're, they're trying to be political or they're you know, trying to, uh, you know what, when this started, we didn't have this word, but we do now. They're trying to be woke or they're trying to, you know, whatever. Uh, maybe there was some of that. I don't know. I don't care. I watched the show, and at first, yeah, didn't enjoy it very much, because it wasn't that well written. But you know what? When it got there, I got there with it, and I was on board with it, and I was super excited to see the next episode and see what was going to happen. And Jody ended up knocking it out of the park. Is she my favorite doctor? No. My favorite doctor is Tom Baker and has been for 40 years. But she's a damn good doctor. She's one of the doctors. She's one of us, fellow dorks. She's one of us. And I'm so glad that she did the work that she did, because it 
It was fun for me. But here's the thing. There's now a generation of sci-fi fans. There's now a generation of little girls. And, and little boys. And old men. Who get to say, my first doctor was Jodie Whittaker. I fell in love with that show and with that character because of Jodie Whittaker. My first doctor was the first female doctor. And that's fucking cool, man. That's fucking cool. Even if it's not for you, come on. That's fucking cool. And that's, that's my summary, I think, of Jodie Whittaker's run as the doctor. That was fucking cool. I'm going to miss her in the role, but I'm looking forward to seeing her in other stuff, because I, uh, I don't give up on my doctors. <laughs> I keep tabs on them after they move on for a little bit anyway, and I'm looking... Uh, yeah, I, I, I've seen her in other stuff, and I'm looking forward to seeing her in more stuff, and uh, she's great. And I hope some of the cast that was around for her era is going to carry on into the next era. It'd be nice to see some familiar faces there. And even if they don't now, in a good 40 to 50 years, maybe they will. Because this show does that. It breaks your heart retroactively for decades ago. Nobody does that like Doctor Who. It's so awesome to be a Doctor Who fan and be just kind of sitting there in your pajama pants on a Sunday morning watching the Blu-ray that you bought and go, HOLY FUCK THAT'S TEGAN! You know? <laughs> it's, it's so fun. That's so fun. And I'm so bummed out for the people who saw that, uh, oh, they're just pandering by casting a woman doctor. And I'm so bummed out that those people deprived themselves of the good experience. And I'm also really bummed out that they're mis misogynist pigs, largely. But I, I'm, I'm sorry for them that they can't get over their own shit long enough to have a good time. Because Jodie Whittaker and her run on, on Doctor Who, that was fucking cool. got new music to talk about. Every release I'm about to talk about is new and is also music. That's what I'm saying, that we're going to talk about new music. Uh, I've got more to say about some of them, less to say about others of them. The first one I'm going to talk about is the new album by Paramore. It's called This Is Why. I am new to Paramore. I was talking to my brother about them and found out that my niece was into them and just kind of went, yeah, I've been meaning to check them out a little bit more. You know, that kind of conversation. And then checked them out more. And went, wait a minute, what? I, I, I don't know what, they, what I thought they were, but I didn't think they were this. Uh, Paramore is a, is a rock band. Kind of emo-y, kind of punky. Good punk stems, at least to what they do. Just based on the name, I assumed they were probably some kind of, you know, boring-ass, you know, soft rock nonsense. Uh, or art rock or something like that. I just I, I assumed that it wasn't for me. I assumed it was 
whatever I think of Montreal is. Uh, and I just assumed that, like, I, I'm not going to like that, you know, just based on the name. That's not going to be for me. Uh, don't judge a band by its name, apparently, because this is an awesome kind of punky rock band that I apparently was always supposed to be into. And they've got six albums, and I've bought three of them since I listened to <laughs> a little bit of the new one and went, oh, I really like this. Uh, this is Why is the new album. And Paramore fans, I'm catching up on the old stuff. Uh, it, give me time, but uh, uh, I'm catching up. This is why I've, I'm, I, I'm really enjoying it. It just infectious melodies, infectious hooks, great choruses. The title track is stuck in my head all of the time. <laughs> it's, uh, the lead singer, whose name I do not yet know, has a really cool voice. She's a very fun singer and like you know good, good bright keys, but they're not afraid to get dark as well. Uh, lyrically, there's a lot more to offer than I would have imagined of this band, especially thinking that they were going to be... Maybe I thought they were Bell and Sebastian? I don't know. I Whatever I thought, whatever the word Paramore said to me is the absolute opposite of what they are. Uh, they're, they're a really fun band. And uh, I, it just made me happy to find out that, oh, I've got this new band that I am supposed to love. Great. You know, because <laughs> I love when that happens. That's one of the things that keeps me going, is knowing that somewhere out there, there's another song that I was always supposed to love that I just haven't heard yet. And it turns out Paramore's got a couple of those. So I've been listening to This Is Why, and it's, uh, I mean, you know, short list for my top ten of the year, although there's a lot of the year left to go and a lot of stuff is still getting announced. Uh, it's, I mean, it's probably going to make the top ten. I wouldn't be shocked if it were in the top five. I am really loving this album. Catchy, fun, punky, but like bright and happy sounding. Not It's not full-on punk, but it's got some punk in it. And I like the singer, and I like, you know, the music that they're making. That's it. I like the new Paramore album. This is why. Great album. Another album that I'm enjoying that I need to spend a little bit more time with is the new album by Feist. Uh, Feist's new album is called Multitudes. Uh, you know, the concept of we all contain multitudes, like the cover art is a bunch of different copies of her. Uh, and you can see that over on the blog at emptychecking.blogspot.com. Uh, Multitudes. Really enjoying this. I, I got into Feist late because I just, you know, I was aware of Feist, but I just hadn't dived in, and I got onto a Canadian rock and Canadian, you know, Canadian music kick and went, well, let's, let's dive into Feist. And I dove into Feist, and I'm glad that I did because I picked up Multitudes this year and yeah, a little bit relaxed, a little bit, uh, I don't want to say folky, but, you know, sort of, Sort of acoustic rock driven, uh, and even that's not quite fair. But I, if you're familiar with Feist, it sounds like a Feist album, you know. Uh, it's it's kind of yeah, kind of acousticy, kind of kind of mellow. But there are some real surprises in there. There's a couple places where she yells that caught me off guard because I I wasn't expecting that of her. Uh, it's the kind of stuff that I want her to do. When I think of Feist, this is the sound I hear in my head. Unlike when I think of Paramore, I, I heard the wrong sound. When I think of Feist, I hear the right sound, and this is it. Multitudes, really good Feist album. Don't know if it'll be in my top ten, but it'll definitely be an album that I'm going to enjoy listening to a lot this year. Feist's Multitudes. Not as much to say about that, because I don't have any story connected to it other than, oh, I want to pick up the new Feist album 
and I did, and I liked it. Uh, another album that I just wanted to pick up, a band that is an old, familiar favorite of mine, The Hold Steady, put out The Price of Progress. I think I need to spend more time with the album, because, uh, well, well, here's the thing. What I think about The Hold Steady is whatever album is the one that you come in on, you're going to really love that album, and you're going to really love the next album, and then you're going to pick and choose a song here and there. And that's kind of where I am with the Hold Steady. Um, I think if this is your first Hold Steady album, you're going to love it. Me, I like it, and I feel like I need to spend more time with it before I'm going to love it. But I think I'll get there. Like, right now, I've got it... Like, if I had to give it a letter grade, I'd put it at about a C, just because nothing reached out and grabbed me, but it also, like, doesn't suck. Uh, but I think if I spend the right amount of time with it, it's going to be a solid B+, maybe A-. minus. It's a good album. I think I'm just not in the mood, <laughs> maybe. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Hold Steady... It sounds like the Hold Steady. I love the Hold Steady. This is more of that. I'm not complaining. It, I, I actually have some reluctance that I just said that it was a C. That doesn't seem fair, because it's 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 better than that. But that's sort of just how my experience of it is right now. Like, again, I don't think I'm in the right mood. Yeah, I think it's on me, not on them. But it sounds like a Hold Steady album. And that's really all you can ask. Price of Progress, it's going to grow on me. I can tell that. It's going to grow on me. We're just not there yet. That's my feeling on that. Uh, another one that came out... Um, I I don't know if this is actually even supposed to be a f considered a full-on album or if it's an EP, uh, but the new one by Manchester Orchestra, which is called uh, The Valley of Vision. I picked it up excited because I've liked the last couple Manchester releases. You've heard me talk about them on this show if you've been a long-time listener. If not, those are available in the archive. You can find them. Uh, Valley Vision, I picked this up thinking, oh, I, you know, they've, they've been doing a lot of stuff I like lately. I've, I've been enjoying their albums really since the, uh, uh, Cope album, you know, and although I thought the Hope follow-up that they did that was just the same album but acoustic, I thought that was a little bit lazy, but, I mean, it was fine, but I thought it was lazy. It didn't do much, as much for me as the original album, you know, and it seemed a little soon. Uh, that's, the, that seems like the kind of thing you do as an anniversary edition, but they did it as their follow-up, and that, that bothered me a little, but, I mean, ultimately, I, I really liked the Cope album. It was, I think, my album of the year, for whatever year that was, and I really liked Black Mile to the Surface, and I liked the one after that, which the name escapes me. Valley of Vision, uh, is not a bad album. It's not a bad album. If you, if you like this album, there are absolutely legitimate and wonderful reasons to like this album. I don't like it. Uh, and the reason I don't like it is I kept listening to it going, didn't this band used to, you know, have guitars in it? And also a drummer rather than a drum machine? And didn't they used to, like, rock a little rather than just be sad about Jesus and play on a keyboard with a, with a drum sampler? Didn't this band used to be completely fucking different? Uh, with only smatterings of this. Also, uh, I bought it at Vintage Vinyl here in St. Louis, and I drove home, and that's a little bit less than a 30-minute drive. And in that drive, I heard the entire album. It's way too short. It's like six songs. So, like, first of all, write the rest of the fucking album, and then get back to me. 
because uh, th that's why I don't know if this is an album or if it's an EP. You know what? If it's an EP, it's a lot more excusable in my book. But uh, uh, write the rest of the fucking album. Or, you know what? Do exactly the same album, put in two songs that actually rock, and I probably would have absolutely no qualms, no disagreement with it whatsoever. But I picked up the new Manchester thinking, all right, there's going to be some good heavy stuff and some good melodic stuff, and, oh, it's entirely... Like, melodic keyboard stuff. Huh. Uh, uh, is... Oh, that, that might have been a guitar. Uh, it's an acoustic, and it's drowned out by the keyboard now. I... Oh, hey, this this uh, solid minute of this song rocks at... Oh, that was the end. That was the end of the album. That was my experience with it. I walked away very disappointed because, again, it's not bad. The songs don't suck. I could see where people might love this album and where some of these songs might be your favorite Manchester Orchestra song. I was very disappointed, and I was very bored. And I kept wondering, okay, well, maybe the next one is gonna rock. And then it didn't, and then I was home, and the album was over. Just that thing of, like, even the bands that you like will release stuff that you don't like. And this is one for me. And the next thing that they put out, I'm probably going to like again. And honestly, given time, I'm probably going to like some of this more than I currently do. It's just kind of like, uh, well, all the stuff I said. Like, the the main thing that jumps out at me from it is, wow, you used to have guitars. There used to be guitars in your band, and you used to use them. Where are the guitars? Like, I, uh, this is not what I want, you know? <laughs> and also, cheer the fuck up. Like, take a Paxil and learn how to rock. You know, that's, that's sort of... Or get off the Paxil and learn... To, well, you know what? Don't get off the Paxil uh, unless your doctor says that you can. I don't, I don't want that for you. But like, whatever you're doing, remember how to rock, please. Because I, I prefer it when you rock, because you're a rock band. I met you as a rock band. You've always been a rock band, and this isn't it. But again, if you like it, if it's your thing... 100% happy for you. I, I, I love that for you. I will see you on the next tour when they're rocking again. <laughs> that's that's kind of where I am. Because, again, it's not bad. It's very good. It's very well done for what it is. But what it is is not for me. It's for somebody else. And maybe it's for you. And that's okay. Because not everything has to be for me. And not everything that isn't for me sucks. This is a good album. But you know what? I don't have to like everything that's good. And this just isn't for me. It's okay if it's for you. Another polarizing album is the new one by Metallica. Metallica's uh, 72 Seasons. Um, this is another one I need to spend some more time with. I've listened to it twice, and... On the first listen, I was kind of like, well, this isn't much anything. And on the second listen, I was going, okay, I've, I'm retaining more. I'm getting, I'm, I'm feeling this a little, a little bit more. I think on listen three or four, I'm going to be like, yeah, this is a great album, you know? <laughs> but I, I'm just not quite there yet. My basic, my initial impression of it was, okay, this sounds like Metallica. And it sounds like the version of Metallica that I like. So that's points in its favor, you know? And by the way, I'm a guy who actually liked Lulu. I thought Lulu was, was a good album. The way I've described Lulu is I've said Lulu is an excellent Lou Reed album and is a pretty bad Metallica album. But I love Lou Reed more than I love Metallica, so it works for me. 
Um, but I, yeah, I liked Lulu. I actually thought Metallica's contribution to that was really, really good. But I'm, I'm, I've realized for years that I'm virtually alone in that. <laughs> I, I really liked that album. Uh, and I also really liked Death Magnetic. Like, I thought Death Magnetic was a really great return to form for the band after, you know, sucking on Load and Reload and St. Anger for so long. I heard Death Magnetic and went, oh, there's a breath of fresh air. And everybody else in the world hates that album. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I'm apparently always wrong about Metallica. 72 Seasons is taking, is growing on me. It's got a, it's, it's a grower, I think. You gotta listen to it a few times before you really know what you think about it. And that's probably true of most music, but... Uh, yeah, my initial listen was, yeah, it sounds like Metallica. It's not not blowing me away, but it sounds like Metallica. And on the second listen, which again, I've only had two, on the second listen I went, okay, this this is better than I thought it was the first time. So I think on the third listen I'm going to be like, yeah, good album. You know, <laughs> I'm just, I just haven't listened to it before I sat down to talk to you for the third time there. So uh, that's that's my feelings on the new Metallica album. It's going to get there. It's going to be... I, I think people are going to look back on it, well, more favorably than they seem to look back on Lulu, which, again, I think is a great album. Uh, but I think people are going to look on, look back on it very fondly by the end of the year. I think by the end of the year, it's going to start making top ten lists, and everyone's going to be like, yeah, we never should have doubted it, you know? Uh, that, or it'll be on my top ten list with me saying, yeah, nobody ever should have doubted it, and everybody else will have completely panned it. And like be setting fire to it in the street, and I'll I'll be wrong about that because <laughs> that seems to be my track record with Metallica. But I I basically liked Seventy Two Seasons. I just uh, I think I'm gonna like it more in the future. That's that's where we are. That's really uh that's good advice for any music that you listen to. Is your first thought is not always your last thought. My first thought on the Manchester album that I don't particularly like is probably not going to be my last thought. Probably something's going to happen where I'll go, you know what, that album as a whole doesn't do a lot for me, but I really like that song. You know, whatever song that is. I I, I don't know yet, but I'll, I, that might happen. That happens to me with bands that I unapologetically love. Queen. Hot Space really has two songs on it. Flash has one. Uh, like there's, there's entire Queen albums that I'm just like, eh, nah, that's not, you know, you don't really need that one. Uh, the Who. There are albums where, if I'm being honest, I like a lot more than most people are gonna, gonna like, but if I'm, if I'm honest, there are Who albums that are entirely skippable, that you never have to hear any of. And you can still have a very enjoyable experience with The Who. Sometimes there's just an album that doesn't resonate with you, but maybe a song will in time. Your first thought is not always your last thought. So, you know, give anything give anything in your in your musical world a little bit of a chance to sink its teeth into you. I mean, me, I was immediately grabbed by Paramore when I heard them. I was uh I was not at all grabbed by Manchester Orchestra. I, you know, that's how it shook out in the last couple of weeks. Sometimes you get grabbed right away. Sometimes you gotta sit around, spend some time with something before you, before before it uh, sinks in. You know. My apologies to any Manchester fans who are pissed off at me and still yelling at their computer. It's not you. It's me. That's fine. Has been before. 
will be again. <laughs> That's, uh, uh, give me a chance. Keep listening to me. Maybe your, your first thought on me won't be your last thought on me either. time we missed I'll give you every second I have left I'll give you every care I'll give you all my days I'll give you all my days Alright, checkmates, I guess that'll do it uh, Dave and I are gonna get together for a Fab 15 here soon We haven't set a date yet, but we I think we both really want to It just hasn't happened uh, and also I've been having some trouble with my recording software and I want to make sure that that's working properly before I lose any data from a three-hour conversation, you know? Um, and that's sort of what I'm doing right now as I'm testing that out, making sure everything's kosher. Because I, I think I made the right changes to where everything should be fine now, but we'll, we'll see. We shall see what we shall see. Uh, I got a lot of stuff coming up that I'm excited about. A lot of new releases still to come this year that are going to be great. Um... Just just, just a lot of stuff I'm excited about. And a lot of stuff that I want to talk to you about that isn't so new, too. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back into the show. I'm looking forward to my leg getting stronger every week. <laughs> and uh, uh, I'll be more careful when I'm crossing my legs in the future so that I don't have to take weeks off anymore. Even though I'm still going to take weeks off from time to time. It just, it's going to happen. I'm, I'm a guy with a, with a day job, you know? This is, this is, I do this for fun. And for no money. Like, this is, <laughs> this is, if anything, I'm in the red on this entire show. Somebody sponsor me. Anybody. I'll, uh, d d hello, Tushy. You need a guy to talk about how d d you d benefit from having your ass be wet after the end of pooping? I'll, I'll do that for you. Uh, uh, d d d what's that, uh, the people with the, the food delivery thing? The, uh, uh, the, uh, the, the fresh eats or the tasty sacks, whatever. Whatever uh, Tasty Sacks can't be it, but I, I want that to be a company. They probably wouldn't deliver food, but uh, whatever they do, I'll, I'll advertise for t Tasty Sacks. Uh, HelloFresh, that's what I was trying to think of. You know, Tasty Sacks. Uh, HelloFresh. I'll, uh, I'll tell people that your uh, ridiculous food that's going to get too hot sitting on their porch while they're at work, uh, I'll, I'll tell them that you do great. And that the eggs in your containers are totally never spoiled from sitting on the porch for too long. Uh, I'll be glad to tell people that. Um, Manscaped? Uh, Manscaped can go fuck themselves. I don't, I don't ever want to hear another Manscaped ads in, ad in my life. Uh, somebody <laughs> advertise on my show. I didn't do a great job of convincing you there. But uh, uh, I, I, I can do better. I'll read whatever copy you want me to. I, I I can be bought. My price is ridiculously low. I can be bought. Just just like just cover the subscription fee to Podbean. Podbean. Do you want me to talk well about you? I, I actually like you. I like working with Podbean. Podbean's great. They've they make things easy, and I you know they they keep their nose out of my business and they just do stuff easily. The, the interface is easy and it goes everywhere. They're great. I would love to do ads for Podbean and start, I don't know, just getting a free subscription or something. I'll do whatever. Do ads for tacos, women's hygiene products, 
evil. I'll I'll do an ad for evil. That's fine. Are you sick of good? Try evil. I, I'd be glad to do that that ad read. Sometimes you get sick of good. Need a little evil. Not too much evil. Just a little bit of evil. Sorry about the sniffling. Allergy season. Not sick. Just allergies. Flonase. I'll do a commercial for Flonase. Or for uh, uh, Benadryl. Take Benadryl. Any of these options. Uh, I could sit here and continue listing things. What the hell is this show? I could sit here and continue listing things. But the point is, somebody sponsor me in any way, shape, or form. Or just uh, anybody give me money for anything. I will do whatever you want me to do. As long as, you know, I don't have to apologize to any ethnic groups after doing it. Like, yeah, there there are lines I won't cross. But uh, I, I, you know, come on. Come on, let me let me read your dumb ad for your stupid product that no one needs. And I won't say that about it in the ad. I'll actually do it right. Come on. Tired of paying for this thing, uh, but I like doing it, so I'm gonna keep doing it. Uh, thanks, <laughs> checkmates, for listening to me make a long list that didn't make any sense. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. I'm going to finish doing this and go to bed, and I'm going to edit it tomorrow night. That's what's going to happen. Uh, hopefully everything recorded okay. And even if it didn't, I don't think I care anymore. I <laughs> think you're just going to get a weirdly edited episode if that's the case. And, the, and here's the thing. You're never going to know if it's weirdly edited, because it hasn't made any sense so far. So whatever. Uh, but thank you so much for listening. <laughs> Thank you for your patience. I I really do appreciate it. I I can't I can't tell you how much I really appreciate the checkmates out there. I shouldn't make fun of the show in the way that I do because I I occasionally get emails from people that are very nice, that are very encouraging and talk about for some reason this show helps people get through stuff and that's nice and that's wonderful and that that makes it worth doing even if I am not getting sponsors and I'm I'm paying for stuff, but uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for making me a part of your week. I really appreciate it. Uh, folks, as you go throughout your week and your life and your whatever, uh, please remember that COVID-19 is still out there, regardless of whether or not the government is admitting it anymore. It uh, is, and even if it isn't, other illnesses are, so please take any precautions that you see fit to maintain your health and happiness. Please also remember that black lives matter that LGBTQIA plus rights are human rights, that women's rights are human rights, and that I shouldn't have to tell you any of that. And checkmates, be good to each other, be good to yourself, forgive each other, and forgive yourself. And while you're doing all that, check us out next time. or better help or sausages or laminating somebody pay me <laughs> <laughs>